and welcome to another episode of the Seeing Red podcast here on a chilly and slick February 17th, 2019 afternoon in Calgary, Alberta. Happy family day long weekend to you and yours. I am joined by my own family. Nice. Talk. Calgary Flames hockey. There you go. Everybody, uh, that voice you overheard couldn't contain his enjoyment as he's been one to do recently. Matt Goob can't eat wheat, but is in fact bringing the heat. What's going on? I'm pretty good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Keeping warm. Yeah, you got big plans for the long weekend? Anything? Uh, going to the Flames game tomorrow. That's be fun. Yo, sneaky expensive. I don't know if you've, uh, when you got your tickets, but. I got mine a couple weeks ago and they're like 25 bucks for yeah. the shittiest seat in the house. I, much like I do in most things in my life, wait till the very, very last minute, obviously, because I want to go tomorrow. And yeah, I, I just figured, you know, Monday, the Yotes are in town. They can't be that expensive. They're like 50, 60 bucks. What? Yeah, I know. A rising tide raises all ships, man. Everyone wants to go see a contender. I guess it's like the matinee games are like all kids. Like everyone's off true. work. Yeah, like, it's like very much like corporate Calgary taking their kids there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Okay, uh, let's introduce the other boy in the band. The Phoenix beats to my Jermaine Cole, Cody Dickinson. How's it going? What's good? How are you? Didn't Jermaine Cole play in the CFL? Jermaine Cole? No, <laughs> Jermaine Coltland. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Jermaine Cole is J Cole. Oh. Yeah, Matt Goob. If you can name me three J. Cole songs off the top of your melon, I will buy you a puppy. I cannot. <laughs> no puppy. Yeah, no puppy for you. I've J. heard Cole, of him, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably the 1A to 1B in terms of, like, lyrical content rappers. Like, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole are kind of in the same. Wow. There's a little cultural lesson for today. All right. Anyway, so the All-Star game was in his hometown yesterday. I don't know if, I know Cody, we kind of talked about it briefly under uh, off air. Did you watch the dunk contest at all? No, I didn't. Any of All-Star weekend? Was no. it good? Uh, I did. I worked last night, but... Um, so I feel like the dunk contest is like the highlights are awesome and I'm mm-hmm. down to watch those, but watching it live when they get like 11 attempts to yeah. finally nail this, like off the kid's head into my right. shorts and I pull out my leg and then th- throw it down. Yep. Like it's, I don't know. It's like way less cool when it's I, the 11th attempt. I completely agree. I actually think it's become way less compelling than it used to be. Yeah. And it's certainly less compelling to me than the three point contest. Because the the best dudes in the NBA all play the three point contest. Everyone yeah. bang threes, you know. But the dunk contest feels like like LeBron's never in it. Right? Well, like was it what like how, when did Zach Levine win it? Zach, it's Zach Levine. Levine, just like Avril. And he was like getting healthy scratched more or less, but like he he's like, he's been traded like three. times. Yeah, he's like a sixth yeah. man in the NBA, but he wins the dunk. Like I don't know, it's like an all star weekend. Have like the best players, not guys struggling for minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't they can't ever get the marquee guys to do it. And the lesser guys are just not that interesting. I like also assume you probably need to practice for like weeks. You can't mm-hmm. just like show up and like have someone like rainbow kick it up to you for an alley-oop. I also think they have an issue of, uh, sorry, welcome to the seeing talking dunk contest podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I think they have an issue with, how, there's just so many things you can do on a basketball court in terms of dunking, right? Yeah. Everything's kind of been done already. And then, so if you're going to like take six, seven attempts, you know, dunk from the free throw line, which Michael Jordan twice yeah. Like, who cares? I know. So, yeah, to me, the three-point contest is way more interesting. But I actually enjoy all of All-Star Weekend, and as we talked about the hockey one, I think it's just a lot of fun. So I am a little rattled that I didn't get to watch it last night. But Miss Justin Bieber's spin move on Martha Stewart, and then... Yo, for real, Justin Bieber, Put Gordon Ramsay on a poster. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. It seems like a good uh, time to transition back into why we're all here, which is to talk about the Calgary Flames. So we're going to get right into the flagship segment of the show. Still up for sponsorship rights if you're interested. Rousselon's Lay the Land. 
Here is Matt Kubadu doing us you, every week. You say the sponsorship rights as in like some like lay manufacturing company from Hawaii is going to be like, oh, we could be the Salays of the land brought to you by Mark's Lays. What the fuck, Matt? <laughs> Just saying. All right. All right. Uh, so last week uh, we were on the road on the East Coast. And Cody we, is so hungover. Look at him. <laughs> This is hungover slash disappointed in us face. Okay. All right. Bruce on Slay the Land. Let's go. Uh, so we went to Tampa Bay. Big uh, statement game. And we lost 6-3. <laughs> That's a statement right there. That, yeah. Someone made a statement. It just wasn't us. Uh, and then went across the state to F- Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. Shootout loss 3-2. And then uh, went up to Pittsburgh. Yep. And had a matinee yesterday. Looks great for two periods. Two periods is generous, in my opinion, but uh, we won 5-4. Mike Smith got a big W. Yep. Uh, but if you watched the game, we were up 5-2, I believe. We yep. scored three, like, really, really fast in, like, a dominant second period. Right. And then completely fell asleep for the third and limped badly to the finish. Yeah, did not look great at the end there. Uh, also, James Neal got injured and didn't come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... The Penguins game, we had our Manjapani, Zarnik, and Hathaway all playing, which is probably the first time all year we've had all three of those guys active. And actually, I thought they looked okay. Zarnik scored. Manjapani scored. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of a good game, I guess, from that perspective, that our bottom line played good. Yeah, well, that's actually, that's actually I think, is an interesting trend and something to commend the Flames on is all year we were talking about how well they were doing in spite of the fact that their secondary scoring was completely absent. Yeah. And now, like, Derek Ryan is the hottest Derek Ryan he's ever been his entire career. Three assists yesterday. Do you remember earlier in the year when we were talking about, you're like, yo, I'm just not that horny for, like, the best of Derek Ryan's career. Yeah, totally. Yo, we're in it right now, man. We're in Derek Ryan's prime right now. Totally. It's not that bad. He's a good player. And, like, if he keeps this up for three years, and, like, I don't know what pace he's on, but, like, probably 40 points. And, like... He just surpassed Sam Bennett in terms of points on the team. Yeah, like... Three million bucks for a dude that helps you both ends of the ice, kills penalties. He gets a little bit of power play time. Yeah, I like. I'm not. I don't. I don't hate Derek Ryan right now. Yeah, special teams darling is good in his own end. Like, yeah, that's what we want from a great faceoff guy. Awesome yeah. in the faceoff circle. Our best faceoff guy, probably. Yeah, yeah. So Derek Ryan. Also, I was going to ask you. So Mike Smith played like good. Like, okay, nice. We're on the same wavelength today. I feel like the goalie situation is more convoluted right now than it's been ever. And I can't believe how quickly that changed. I agree. Right? The start of the year, it was Mike Smith, right? Yep. And then, I don't know, like then two games happened and then bam, David Riddich is our guy. Right. No, no, it wasn't. Because then they were like kind of doing the 1A, 1B for like maybe a month. But Riddich and was then, clearly outplaying him, yes, right? he was definitely doing better than Mike Smith, but they were still alternating starts. Yeah. And then David Riddich had that run where the Flames actually like started to separate from the rest of the pack in the Pacific. Were playing way out of their fucking minds. Like Johnny Gaudreau had a million points in like ten games. Yeah. And uh, and now that t- takes us to here, where Riddich has obviously regressed back a little bit, and mm-hmm. Mike Smith seems to be picking his game back up. So now maybe more so than even you did at the start of the year, you're probably facing a situation where you're alternating their starts, well, and trying to see one of them break away. It's funny you say that because last week we talked about how you know three game road trip, it would make sense to go Riddich, Smith, and then Riddich. Yep. And we went Riddich, Smith. And then went back to Mike Smith because he like he he played okay in Florida, except we'll we'll deal with the shootout issue later I think. But yeah. I mean, he wasn't great. Uh, but he went back to Smith in Pittsburgh, and clearly that was 
Bill Peters saying, I need my best goalie in net against a tough opponent. And like, I believe that Mike Smith gives us the best chance to win tonight. Right. And I mean, he, so, I mean, we got outshot a billion to, mm-hmm. I, I, I was out here, 38 to 31. Yep. But I feel like we were out shooting them about 28 to 15 right. at the end of the second period. And then they just poured it on in the third. Yeah. That, the, that actually sounds like that game. Mike Smith made 38 saves though, is where I was getting at this. Yeah. And like, the one goal he kind of like it was a, cr- a cross ice pass so he kicked across and it's tough to be square but he kind of like chicken winged like it didn't look like he made a great save attempt mm-hmm. and Malkin just like threw it past him but other than that he made some big saves for us totally like I, guess- I think I think I'm I'm quick to criticize but I'm also quick to give credit where it's due and I think Mike Smith played well you know I want I, I've said it all year man like I want to be wrong about like guys like James Neal yeah I want to be wrong about guys like Mike Smith that's good for us so who do you start tomorrow I think, you have game, to go, I think you have to go Mike Smith against the Coyotes again hey yeah it's his former team and he played well like yeah. that's like a good enough reason for me to start him and uh 895 save percentage though two oh, of the goals are at least two are great. on the power play three goals were on the power play mm-hmm. so I think at this point I guess you forgive those right like power play yeah they happen to me this was just a game that the flames needed to fucking win and and mike smith got the job done so for better or worse so okay so we did it was a big must win like salvage the road trip we ended up getting three out of six points which against tampa and pittsburgh and like a florida team that you love for some reason they're pretty good man yeah yeah uh i'll take three out of six I guess my question then is we talked about burying teams and how you love Belichick because like when you get up two scores and he just like yep he's like that's it puts you out yep so we like got it done against Pittsburgh mm-hmm. they threw everything they had at us and if you watch the game like Pittsburgh played awesome they yep. were passing it so well puck control and we like held on to win in regulation right are you like proud of us or are you still like disappointed that we puked this I think- lead and like really like hung on by a absolute thread so this game as a sample i i'm okay with it because i think you every team knows when you're going into a hostile environment like pittsburgh and the matinee yeah like that's that's the thing they do all the time there. like that entire town gets up for those matinee games totally and uh the penguins are fucking good like that's a tough road game for oh any yeah team. and like especially at the end of it phil castle got his thousandth point got like a big standing oh they yeah. crosby saved I think it was the 800 puck. but yeah oh, i thought anyways whatever yeah so yeah it was a big like emotional game yeah. for them and like Malkin scored two power play goals to make it close. And you can tell just like mm-hmm. when you're like best player scores, everyone gets that much more up for sure. Like an Aginla goal in the dome has like a different feel than like a Steven Reimprecht goal. You <laughs> know what sure. I mean? <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. To me, I think that's a good road game. The Flames came in, had a lot of jump from the start yeah. and uh, and made it tough on the opposition all night. You know, it was quiet for 40 minutes. True. You can kind of live with that. And like it was a very physical game at the end of the second period there's a big brew very chippy. yeah rasmus anderson had a fight um sam bennett got in a fight sam bennett got in a fight the enforcer we need okay yes sam bennett had a physical game he scored a power play goal which yeah. like never happens but he also had like the world's dumbest stick infraction that yeah. led to the goal to make it 5-4 totally and this go ahead Sorry. i was just gonna say I like have been on Sam Bennett's ass all year and finally as I'm about to turn it like you know what yeah. and then he does something that's so <laughs> Sam Bennett like true in the worst timing like the third period we're up two goals but they're really putting it to us yeah and then he takes just like this lazy like Malkin just walked around him because he's just a better hockey player yeah and Sam like swipes at his wrists and they're gonna call that every time you definitely saw <clears throat> like the entire Sam Bennett experience yes on display on on what is that Saturday yeah. yesterday uh 
because you you definitely saw good Sam Bennett and bad Sam Bennett. And yes. how you can like live by the Sam Bennett and die by the Sam Bennett <laughs> because Sam Bennett goes out there is so fucking annoying to play against. Is so physical. Is like low key pretty skilled. Yeah. And uh, and just is so undisciplined. Right. We'll like get beat and we'll be a little easy. Okay. This is actually. Uh, let me let me throw something for you. Let me tell it. Uh, tell me how it feels. Okay. Sure. Sam Bennett is the highest draft pick in team history. Okay. At fourth overall, it's not great. Right. Uh, and, and fourth overall recently, it's guys like Mitch Marner. Like he yeah. he's like, you know, typically what you get at a round of fourth overall pick. So Sam Bennett's never gonna be Mitch Marner. Didn't Elias Lindholm go fourth? Uh, Elias Lindholm went fifth. Monahan sixth. Oh, maybe something like that. Anyways, keep anyway. going. So Sam Bennett might not ever be a Mitch Marner. I basically, this is like a long-winded way of saying that. Right. But if Sam Bennett, you know, comes out every year, gets around 100 penalty minutes uh, or less, ideally. But right. But it's like around 100 penalty minutes is kind of uh, a chippy idiot who also gives you like 20 to 25 goals. Yeah. Is that like kind of all right? Are you all right with Sam Bennett's career trajectory if he just becomes like better Curtis Glencross? Uh... So my thing with Sam Bennett, and I get he's not Matt Kachuk either, right? Like, yeah. he's just not. But, like, Kachuk takes a lot of penalties, but he draws, like, way more. True. And I feel like Sam Bennett tries to draw penalties with chippy play and just, like, isn't as good at it and ends up taking them. Nice. That's actually a good way of looking at that. That, like, I'll, I'll forgive 100 penalty minutes if you contribute 60 points and draw 200 penalty minutes. Yeah, for but sure. if you contribute 35 points and don't draw any penalties, like that, those 100 pims are like way more annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Like then you go from Curtis Glencross to like Dan Carcillo or something, where you're taking yeah. stupid fucking penalties. For sure, I I only mentioned the Curtis Glencross thing because I have such a raging erection for Sam Bennett, and I hated Curtis Glencross with all my soul. Totally. So I'm like, what the fuck's going on here, Joe? <laughs> you know, because th- these are very conflicting. Because I look at them and I kind of see the same player. Which is kind of yeah. fucking me up, but obviously the best years of Curtis Glencross, like Sam Bennett's doing that right now while he's 22. Like he's going to get better. And playing with Matthew Kachuk on the same team, you would think, at least in theory, Matthew Kachuk could be like, yo, Sam Bennett, this is how I do it. Like, yeah, you should teach try him. To, yeah. So this whole, he will get better. Like, he is 22. That's very young. I'll give yep. you all that. But also, as a player who joined the league at age 18, mm-hmm. he like hasn't really cleaned up the stupid penalties factor like totally. at all. Like, yeah. we're kind of flatlining. Yeah. I'm and so, like, I don't know if it's Bill Peters' job or if it's his job or, like, maybe that just comes with maturity. I, I think it is a maturity issue. I think once he realizes that that's actually hampering him as a player, yeah. he has to make that decision whether he wants to, you know, be a professional and, and try to get better constantly or if he's okay with being, you know, a, a middle six forward on a team forever. Yeah. Uh, that's really up to you, Sam Bennett. But what... All of this, this entire like last five minute ramble that we've been on is like, dude, we can see it. It's there. Right? Totally. You can you can be a great player if you want to be, but you can't do shit like that that obviously shoots yourself and your team in the foot. Well, I know. I'm just like thinking of last week we were coming off the Sharks game where we had an argument about Riddich, you know, playing it into Burns pads for that goal. Yeah. But like that was Sam Bennett, which is like a horrible giveaway when right. he's the last man back with the puck. Right, right, right. And it's like every week I feel like it's like the Flames have played three games. Sam Bennett had one catastrophic fuck up in one, but he also had like a huge hit or a big fight or a big goal in yeah, another. Great energy player. So it's like, I guess like I'm looking at a playoff series that's seven games and two weeks long. Uh-huh. If you have two good games and two shit games, like in a tight playoff series, I just think those two shit games are going to cost you more than the, the, the two good. Yeah. It's a brilliance. And I'm not saying yeah. we should bench him or anything. I'm just thinking in terms of like places this team as a whole can get better. 
Yep. I feel like like the dumb penalties are like a an easy one to fix, and he's just like patient zero for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, off the top of the show, we talked about how the secondary scoring is finally like showing up a little bit. Yeah. The shitty thing about that is it's come at a time where the uh, the the top two lines have really gone dormant. I don't know if you've noticed or looked at the numbers at all. So Sean and John, since the All Star break, yep. five points each in seven games. Okay, not too bad. Not awful. Not awful, but they're playing out of their minds forever. You take this, you consider this a slump, and you're probably doing okay. All right? Since then, Michael Backlund, one point in his last six. Kachuk scored his first point since January 19th last night. Michael Froelich scored his first point since January 22nd last night. Wow. Like, yeah. So what I am... Uh, all this is a long way of me saying this team will go as far as those top two lines will take them. They're, they're definitely talented enough that the, the bottom two lines can chip in a few points and... You know, maybe steal them a game or two on the road. Yeah, but they very much need those top two lines to be the drivers. I, I agree. Yeah, but I also think that's not uncommon for good true. teams. That's true. Actually, you're, that's a good point. That yeah. like, you know, Pittsburgh is probably going to go as far as like the Malkin Kessel line and the Crosby Gensel line yeah. can take them. Mm-hmm. Like, Tampa Bay has the Kucherov line and the Stamkos line. I think I only bring that up because uh, earlier... I guess I'm not that worried. That would yeah, be my okay, re- okay, short version sure. of the answer. Nice. Okay. I only brought it up because uh, earlier in the year we were talking about how, you know, the Flames are kind of balanced. There seems to be, like, talent up and down the lineup. And yeah. I kind of made the argument that I think we're very top-heavy, and I was a little bit nervous right. about it falling out if things went dormant. And this is just an example of that. I don't kind know. Of rearing its head a little bit. So, just something to... No, totally. No, no, and, like, yeah. I noticed that as well. And, like, they showed Gaudreau getting frustrated in the Penguins game. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have a point. And I was like, oh, man, like, how... Like, what's our top line doing? Yeah. But, like, Monaghan and Lindholm each had assists in that game. Yep. And then the game before in Florida, he had... Gaudreau had an assist and five shots on net. Yep. The game before that in Tampa Bay, he had two assists. And the game before that was the Vancouver shootout. He had an assist and seven shots on net. Like... The, I, no, yeah, he's getting his chances, like for sure. Yeah, he's like he's still off. driving play, yeah. and like, yeah, you say like five points in his last seven. That doesn't sound great. When you kind of like break it game by game, like yeah. he's still controlling flow, chipping in points. Totally. And the Flames have a five, three, and two stretch over their last ten or whatever, which is not a resounding record. But I know from doing this podcast every week, some of those games are like you outshoot them like forty-five to twenty, and just I don't know, ring off the bar four yeah. times, run into a hot goalie. It's definitely, it's very much chicken little of us to be like, oh, the top line isn't producing. Oh, the second line isn't doing great. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, one last thing uh, before we cut to break. Sure. The shootout. Mm. What do you do with the shootout? They've lost their last Can you play your goalie in the shootout? Can we just like have four <laughs> shooters? Yeah. Yeah. I think the Flames love three on three more than any other team, but also hate the shootout more than any so other team. So we've lost our last eight, is it Cody? Seven? We have it's nine. Nine. We have it's not nine. won a shootout since 2017. And we're now... 2019 like we're 14 months plus since winning our last shootout so what do you do is it i honestly like this is going to sound really strange i think it's our goalie coach needs Uh to like figure out what we're doing because back-to-back shootouts one with smith one with riddich they've got scored on where you line up the big poke check and like pull your stick back and then just like fake it and then don't Mm -hmm. and then they shoot over your blocker because that corner's wide open Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's a goalie coach thing or like it's something they saw on tape (laughs) but like it looks so awkward under no point are you like oh wow like fooled the shooter (laughs) like they they just get their hand all chicken winged as if to poke check and then the shooter like obviously these nhl level guys 
put a top cheese. Man, but the one time the poke check actually comes out, well, then, then the goalie coach will be laughing. This is what I was telling Cody, is I would rather that you go all in with the, like, Terry Sawchuck poke check, stack the pads, like, knock the, <laughs> knock the guy on his ass. I feel like that's going to have a higher success rate than this, like, fake poke check, which makes him shoot. Yeah. Because he's just going to look at the top corner that's wide open because your mm-hmm. arm's, like, tucked in. Right. And bazing. I think, uh, I think goaltending in the shootout there's just like a very inherent disadvantage, you know, in a one-on-one situation between a goalie and a shooter, I think. Is there, though? Because I feel like league-wide, shooters score like 35% of the time or something. Hmm. Like, the goalie should have like an advantage just by being big. I and guess, the net's yeah, not that covering the entire fucking net. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. To me, I think the Flames' uh, shootout uh, success or lack thereof is more a result of questionable lineup decisions in terms of who's shooting. So... Let's say we get in a shootout tomorrow, mm-hmm. regardless of how the game goes. Like sure. sometimes if a guy has two goals, we're like, oh, the magic stick yep. or he's feeling it. Who, who are your three guys that go out tomorrow? Uh, Johnny Gaudreau. So he hasn't gone in like three shootouts at least. I think you put, even though he uh, is kind of bad in one-on-one scenarios. He, he like is he? Even, like, he doesn't even bury on breakaways. He gets like three breakaways every game and just always does dumb shit with it. That's something like... As much as good as he is, like a dude with that speed and quickness, yeah. and like, like he you got to be able to figure it out. He might be guilty of doing too much. The team something. needs be, him yeah. to bury. I don't know. Yeah, he's he been be absent from our last couple shootout lineups, and I don't know why. But to me, Johnny Gaudreau has to be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, I think, has some of the softest mitts on the team. Yeah, so I, I like him being on there. And uh, lastly, hmm. I've heard Manjapane is really good in the A. And is he? Why, so yeah. that's why he and was that's why in. He got a shot. Yeah. And he's got two goals in like the last three, four games. Like he's heating up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know? So Monaghan scored for us against Pitts or against uh, Florida. I don't like Sorry. Monaghan because it's always a shot. And he always tries to go like just above the pad, just below the glove. And it's yeah. the least inspiring shootout move ever. It's effective sometimes, but when it doesn't work, it just looks so shit. I know. Yeah. Where he like goes five hole and he just ends up like sliding it into the goalie's pads and you're kind of so like, dumb. Eh, that was lame. Yeah. But he did score. So like, I don't hate having Monaghan out there. James Neal's gotten a few run, but he's injured indefinitely now. We just know upper body. So I think Lindholm has been your most consistent flame from start to finish this year. Yeah. I don't think he's ever had a lull at all. And so I think... Merit-based, probably Goudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm for me. Final answer. Interesting. Yeah. I don't hate yeah. that. I would probably, I would maybe go Monaghan over Lindholm just because he scored recently and you try and get guys in there with like a little bit of confidence maybe. Mm-hmm. Sure. But okay. yeah, cool. we need to fix the shootout. Long story short. Without a doubt. Okay. Uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about our Twitter poll. I guess it's not really a Twitter poll. It was actually an Instagram question. So The InstaTube or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Snap filter. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Anyway, we're going to talk about that, and yeah, it's going to be lit. (laughs) Hey, Matt, I just picked up this fancy new Instagram thing. And while it's pretty cool with all the scantily clad ladies selling teeth whitening kits, I'm actually looking for some Flames content. You should check out the Seeing Red Instagram account. Hmm, Seeing Red Instagram account? I'm unfamiliar. It's full of Flames content, interactive polls, and funny jokes about us. Wow, that sounds great. You can find us at Seeing Red Podcast, as well as on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. All right, so in uh, our fan participation segment, the YMCA hour, as Joe likes to call it, uh, our Instagram poll this week was, uh, what would you like to see make a comeback? What's something that you miss or has some flames nostalgia associated with it? 
before we get into the fan answers, my personal response was uh, the old Blasty uniform. Yep. I don't know if it has a real name, but it's like the flaming horse that was on a black jersey right. that the Flames wore in the early 2000s. And I feel like it got killed like right as our uh, Sea of Red Cup run in 04. Yeah. Like absolutely. I think that was the the nail in it. And then, we, of mm-hmm. course, the lockout and most teams kind of did a jersey rebrand to get the fans back into it or whatever. Yeah. But I think those are sweet. And I think they're the best third uniform the Flames have ever had. Yep. Uh, the retros we have now, I like don't mind. But the ones before that, there was like the word Calgary and cursive and like oh, the T man. was kind of the Calgary Tower. Dude, those are awful. It's so fucking lazy because every team also tries to do that like weird old time hockey script. Yes. You know, and uh, the Jets are doing it right now, which are fucking hideous. They're like very ugly. Jerseys. I know they actually might be worse than the Calgary Flames. We call them the Zellers jerseys. It's like <laughs> a throwback to Zellers. Shout yeah. out Zellers. TBT. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just like think though that would be a really cool retro third so like not wear every time but mm-hmm. like once a year on throwback night or something i think give me Gaudreau in a bla- old, like old blasty that's as well i'll call it yeah but. i think the old blasty jersey is for sure perfect as uh you know big saturday night against the oilers hockey night in canada you wear like the stupid fucking horse jerseys right yeah i didn't like them when they kind of seemed to default to them i feel like the flames i don't know if they ever had a year where they were like actually the home jerseys but i feel like they wore them too much yeah, I think there's definitely uh you know a sweet spot where you wear them like you know six times a year at home, totally, and like that's perfect. And I, like, I sorry, sorry, I just think it's akin to like the fucking stupid purple Raptors jersey. Yeah, which like when they first came into the league in 1995, you're wearing purple and red at home <laughs> 40 times. Yeah, like, it's fucking hideous. But you get that in you know once every now and then it looks sweet with like a regular uniform. I also think that like more teams, I think the rules are just the home team can wear whatever they want, and then the away team just can't match it. No, in the NHL, because remember the Flames wore the whites, at, or they wore the reds on the road in like Carolina or something. I thought that. Or is it in Vegas? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that rule is. In the NBA, for sure, it's like you have five uniforms. The home team picks one, and the other team just picks the other yeah. one. Yeah. doesn't matter. I yeah. think it's getting moving more towards that. We we definitely played a road game in Vegas where we wore our reds on the road. Yep. And I think we did it again in Carolina. And Carolina is kind of a red team, so that would make sense. Yeah. Because if they want to wear whites, we can't. I don't know. Right. But... Uh, I like think if a we decided just wear like black or if another team decided to wear their reds or something, we could just wear the blacks and like that's probably like th- three games a year. Yeah, like that'd be cool. Definitely. I also remember as a child, the assistant captain A was the Atlanta Flames A. Yeah. And like we went away from that. I don't know when, but like that's right. Yeah. I thought I, that I thought was, it was sw- way cooler. Totally. Yeah. I'm with you. That was sick as fuck. So bring that back. Yeah, for sure. Yo, that was good. Well done, Matt. Shake my hand. There you go. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is. I think we've really got to sort out the whole fucking uniform situation because I am somewhat of a jersey head, as you guys know. Like, right. I like I like good looking uniforms, and I just think the Flames one is so fucking busy. You know, there's so much piping everywhere. Yeah, the fucking flags on the shoulders. Which like I'm not a I'm not uh, like not a patriot. Like I like Canada. I like Alberta. Mm-hmm. I like the fucking Flames. Yeah, I don't need to have the flags on the shoulders. Because we used to be the horse on the shoulders. Yes, right. It was just a much better uniform. Yeah, yeah, I know. So to me, I think the way you do it is if I'm in charge of the Calgary Flames aesthetic moving forward, I think you obviously keep the retro in and make that your home one. The other cool thing that you have with that is uh, is the heritage involved of... Oh, yeah. What are we going to wear? I'm just going to jump in here. I don't mean to burst your bubble mat, but they still do the flaming A. 
on all the jerseys or just not on the throwbacks? Not on the retros. Oh. But then on our, our actual on home homes? Jerseys, they for sure do. Weird. Maybe I've just been watching more games where we wear the retros. Hmm. Anyways, that's sweet. Don't for whatever reason, I also thought they got rid of the A when they uh, moved from Reebok to Adidas. Yeah. Because everything, because the numbers aren't italic anymore, right? I don't know if you've noticed that on the jerseys. All the way around or just on the sleeves? The, the numbers in general? Yeah. Okay, so the font, the script in general is not italicized. Did it used to be? Yes. Just on Flames or on all jerseys? Uh, on the Flames one specifically. I don't know about all jerseys, but definitely wow. the Flames ones. So that's one of the that's one of the subtle things that I noticed about this new Adidas one. Yeah. Uh, so I thought maybe they might have got rid of that too, just to clean it up. But uh, yeah, I think what you do is you you take that same like red retro that everyone loves, that's synonymous with the Flames being fucking dope in the eighties. Yeah. And you make that your home uh, uniform. You use like the the white version of that, and then your third jersey is like the black flaming sea. I think that's that's pretty much perfect. Yeah. Or the the black flaming horse. Yeah, I think the horse is this like. Keep it around. Like, I don't know. We've completely punted it. And I don't know why. Man, like, some teams have, like, six or seven in the repertoire. For sure. Why do we, like, need only have three? Small market team, man. Uh, one thing I enjoyed about the Flames uniforms, the last thing we'll talk about uh, Flames uniforms, is the Theo Fleury era with, like, the fucking stupid, like, it was across horizontal and, like, the one diagonal thing. Do you guys remember that? Yep. Yes. Yeah. I can't even explain it, however the fuck that pattern is. But I thought it was so hideous at the time, and now is like kind of cool when you see it, you know, at the game mm, or whatever. I, I don't think know, it's man. still hideous. I like it. I think it still looks fucking terrible. <laughs> I like it. I've never liked it. Baby, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, back to the question bag. Oh yeah. Uh, the other uh, so one of the responses we guess is the wave. Oh yes, right. Do we need to bring back the wave in like a big way? Okay, so I have gone full circle on the wave. Twice now, okay? So I initially liked the wave as a child. Who doesn't? Crowd participation, right? right? We love that. That is, in fact, the name of the segment, so we love that. What I don't like about the wave is when it's ill-timed, okay? But that's a that's a greater question. That's a, that's a greater issue than, you know, uh, specific to the wave. It's people are bad at watching sports live. They don't know when to cheer, you know? Sure. Like, you and I have gone and watched enough football games in America. On third down, everyone's on their feet, everyone's yeah. yelling, everyone's clapping. Totally. Right? Defensive third down, though. Yes, exactly. People right? cheering on offense. Like, yeah. shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yes. They want to call the play. Exactly. See? Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. So, in a hockey game, if it's 2-1 in the third period, you know, everyone doing the wave so no one can fucking see, like, that's not going to help the players <laughs> at all, you know? Yeah. That's not going to help me either trying to enjoy the game. I think you're just bad at, at being a fan which sounds very, like, dickish of me, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just don't really get how this works. So, long story longer, I am for the wave, but pick your spots, you know? I will even participate in the wave. If it's, we're up 17-0 in the third period, sure, man, this one's probably pretty much fucking over. (laughs) Not on the flames, though. Never, can't be too careful. Yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. I, like... (sighs) This is going to sound like grouchy or whatever, but like if I'm at the game boozing on like a weekend, like I'm all in on the wave. Sign me up. <laughs> Get me on your shoulders. I'm going to be the tallest waver there. But like if I'm there with like on business or like, I don't know, I'm probably not like diving into the wave when I'm there with my boss. For sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a little bit of like a childish drunken buffoon like connotation on the wave. Yeah. And so like, I don't know how to fix that. Yeah. But yeah, that that like kind of stain on the wave in general. Yeah, that like everybody picked up out of nowhere. Who's the first dude to be like, "Oh, the wave sucks"? 
I want to talk to that guy because for whatever reason, everyone just adopted this whole like the wave sucks. The thing. wave's lame. I know. But every, man, tell me someone who doesn't enjoy it. It's like Nickelback, bro. No. Man, we all talk mad shit <laughs> about love Nickelback. You love Nickelback. I openly love Nickelback. <laughs> everyone else, it's my issue with everyone else. Gee whiz. Everyone else openly is like, oh, Nickelback sucks, but put on how you remind me. They know every fucking word. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Right? Photograph. I just said the word photograph. That's going to be stuck in your head for the next three days. Tell me you don't love Nickelback. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day, but it's funny that it ties into this poll. <laughs> Do you remember as a child going to the Hawaiian shaved ice stand at the Saddle Dome? I don't remember that. Oh, man. So, like, it was kind of like this, like, stampede, like, stand. Like, it wasn't, like, a concession, like, built into the building. Okay. It's like and, a kiosk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And as a child, it was like mandatory. Like me and my dad would go and we'd half go to the Hawaiian shaved ice and yeah. they you get mixed two flavors. <laughs> so you get like blueberry Coke syrup, just like covered that bitch. And then it was just like a Slurpee that you ate with a spoon. Yeah. And your lips and tongue would just be all like fucked up in orange at school the next day. Nice. And I don't know why that was just like mandatory. Like had I don't, to. I don't, I, look, <laughs> I that's a very charming story. You preface it all by saying it somehow ties into Nickelback, and I'm just not no. seeing it. <laughs> I meant in terms of the throwback oh, poll. Oh, okay. Oh, in terms of things that need to come back. That I don't even know if it needs to come back, but yeah. like that was just like such a Saddleome staple. Maybe you need to do that again. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like it might totally exist. You Maybe I'll like go e- back to your roots. Email the Flames and be like, I would like to open the Hawaiian Shaved Ice Stand back yep. at the Saddleome. Nice. I love it. If you're looking for any uh, silent investors, I'd love to be part of that. Yeah. Uh, Did we have any like, good responses on that poll? Uh, yeah. The poll was kind of lean. Uh, one question I thought was interesting was, do you have any nominations for Coolest Hockey Family? Obviously, there's like the Bowmans, right? Stan and Scott. Yep. Uh, there's the Gretzies. The I guess. Berets. Berets cool. Sedins. Yeah, I guess. The Sedins. Like, um, cumulative points. Like, they're probably top. On cumulative points, it's still the Gretzkys. Totally. Yeah. So, <laughs> just <know>. so you know... <laughs> Yeah. 1,804. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brett Gretzky pitched. I seriously think it was like two points. And then fucking Wayne put up. Yeah, if you can pull up Brent Gretzky's shit real quick, <laughs> that'd be tight. <laughs> uh, and then obviously Keith Gretzky, who is the acting general manager right. for the Edmonton Oilers, who is recently. Oh, yeah. Should yeah. we talk about that? Okay. You know what? The Days of Our Lives segment where we just talk shit about the Oilers. I'm totally into it. Uh, yeah. How about these trades? Okay. So. Ryan Spooner, who got waived early in the year after being acquired for Strom, who is acquired for Everly. Right. Yeah. So Ryan Spooner then got turned into Sam Gagne, yeah. who was the first of the whole like this first rebuild didn't work. Yeah. The Tchaikovsky tweet. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. That was fucking crazy. So for what's worth, Sam Gagne, I think is good and like got a really shit rap the first go round. Mm-hmm. Like when the Oilers decided this rebuild wasn't working and like traded Dubnik and Gagne. Yeah. And like that was kind of before the Eberle and Hall needed to go period. Yeah. Like Gagne is good. He was like a really good blue jacket last year. Do you know what's wild to think about is, uh, how much better that team was in the first rebuild when they were like, this team sucks, let's blow it up. Yeah. Like the fucking Oilers would give their left nut to have like Andrew Cogliano, Sam Gagne, Jeff Petrie, Devin Dubnik, like all these dudes. Yeah. They would have been like, oh yeah, this is a good place to start. Okay. You know, like maybe we don't have a lot of offensive wing depth, but Jeff Petrie looks like a good number one defenseman, you know? Uh, maybe we don't have anyone to Justin play the right. Schultz. Yeah. He was leading the AHL in points as a defenseman and you got rid of him. And he won two cups in Pittsburgh. Unbelievable. The 
It's and then staggering. Signed Dustin Penner to like a six a bajillion dollars. David Clarkson a bajillion dollars. Yeah. Oh, was David Clarkson Leafs? He was David Leafs. Clarkson was Leafs. Yeah. But uh, Joffrey Lupul got ran out of both, town. Both Edmonton and Toronto. And then, but like he ended up signing a huge deal in Toronto because he was good on the Ducks, right? right. After the Oilers fired him. Fuck man, crazy. So goofy. Thus concludes Days of Our Lives, Edmonton. Uh, yeah. Do we have a Keith Gretzky update? No. Brett Gretzky. Brett Gretzky. Brent Gretzky. Yeah. Four points. Oh. Four. Ooh, ooh, nice. Ooh. Wayne Gretzky, 28-57. 28, nice. man. I was off by a 1,000. <laughs> he must have 1,800 assists. Yeah. No, it's something like uh, he outscores second place, which is Mark Messier, mm-hmm. by more than Martin St. Louis' entire career. Jesus. Is that crazy or what? That yeah, is wild. And Mark Messier played with Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's cheating. Yeah, I know. Uh, fuck. Crazy. I will say I have a soft spot for the Beret family. Yeah, I know. because I love the, Valerie. I do love him. I also love Pavel. Like he's great. It's it's shitty that he was a Canuck for a little while, but yeah, and like yeah. he retired at age like thirty one or something yeah. because he like was injured and also involved in the Russian mob. Yeah, and was also banging that chick from Full House. Is that why he retired? No, that's um, Valerie, isn't it? I thought it was Pavel. I don't know. Because Pavel ended up moving to Florida and then New York to like follow this lady around in like her acting career or something. Are you sure you didn't go there because that's where his hockey contract was? I think, well, I think <laughs> kind of in the same vein, like Gretzky got traded to Los Angeles for like his wife. Or right. If you subscribe to that whole like third eye Illuminati shit. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that might have been part of it, but I've also heard that from tortured Canucks fans who, nice. you know, lost in 94 to the Rangers where... You know, Pavel. He was like so fast. Like my, I don't remember a ton of Pavel Burry because I was like six when he kind of stopped being like a dominant scorer. Yeah, but like he just like would walk around guys. I think that's probably the, in a way you like almost never see in the league today. That might be the infancy of my like Florida Panthers like erection. Right, loving Pavel Burry when I was like seven or eight. See him just rip up on the Panthers. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the Gretzky is obviously the highest scoring. Yeah. The, then you have the Stalls, right? Eric, Jared, Jordan, Mark. Between all of them, there's like a couple Stanley Cups. Eric has one. Yep. Jordan has two. Probably two. just one. Just the one first. with, a, with a, uh, 2008 or whatever. Yeah, because Crosby has Red three, right? And right. the last two were the back-to-back, and yep. Jordan wasn't on the team for those. Right, that's right. And Mark has zero, and Jared has like zero, zero. Yeah, Jared, yeah. Jared's got uh, a Hyundai Elantra that he has like two payments yeah. left on. <laughs> Man, Eric's career highlights for him. So, like, I consider, like, Eric and Jordan Stahl to be, like, kind of, like, old, like, battle axe veterans now. But, like, Eric's, like, 34 and Jordan's, like, 32. Yeah. Like, those dudes still got tread on them. Dude, no. Okay. This is just our perception changing. 32 and 34 is still old in hockey. We're just, like, now 25 and not 16. (laughs) So, we're just being, like, oh, yeah, like, 34. That's not that old, bro. But But when you see, like, like Yager play to his 46. He's one dude, man. But, like, Chara's 40. Uh, I don't know. I know. You're right. 34 is old, personally, in hockey. Yeah, fair. Like, Mark Giordano is, what, like, 35 or 36? And we're like, man, he's a million. Get Gray Bush out of here. Yeah, but he's sweet. Yeah, he's you're proving my point. Eric Stahl is sweet, too. Though there's, oh, yes, the point of there's a lot of tread left on the tires. Yeah. Definitely. That's, I'm just saying, okay, so Eric has one, Jordan has one. Like, let's say, like, they there's two more added in. Like, that's four cups among three brothers. Let's say Mark. Yeah, Mark played for one. Right? Yeah, and yeah. he's, like, a trade candidate. I think he's going to, yeah, like, go somewhere good now. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that'd be like, that'd be cool. Three brothers, each with a cup. Like that probably hasn't happened to that many times mm-hmm. in league history. There's lots of two brothers, but. Right. Uh, and then there's the house, right? Which is Gord- Gordy and his kid. Mark. Yeah. They got to play together. That's pretty cool. That is pretty fun. Like when you cool. consider like Ken Griffey Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. going back to back jacks. Yeah, man. And LeBron James can do that with his kid. Yeah, yeah. That'd be so cool. Yeah. That would be sweet. Okay, cool. I think that's it for uh, cool families in hockey. Loki, the Stasnies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Peter, An- Paul, and Young. Anton. Anton? Yeah. I, Anton Stasny's going to be a Peter guy. Stasny's the dad. Yes. Paul Stasny's one kid. Yes. Jan Stasny's the other thing. Or the other kid, I think. Anton Stasny is Peter Stasny's brother. Okay, cool. So they're like Swedish or whatever and came <laughs> over. And they both played on the Nordiques. <laughs> And then Paul Stasny's like American because he was yes. born when like his dad was Paul playing. Paul Stasny was uh, born in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. There yep. you go. Yep. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I uh, I have a weird. Uh, I liked the Nordiques as like a small small child. I was really into right. like the Avalanche with Patrick Waugh and like Joe yep. Sakic. Yeah. So like I don't know. I just like knew who these people were, and now it's cool that their kid is like actually a decent NHL or two. Man, has anyone ever talked about the super raw fucking deal that Quebec got? Like lose their team right as they're going to be super fucking good, and they go out and win a bunch of Stanley Cups right yeah. after. That fucking sucks because they're stacked. Yeah, if you ever looked at those old teams, but they had like every good and young player. Yeah, I'm not gonna get super political, but I think it's like their government just like won't help with that kind of shit because then they lost the Expos like six or seven years later, and then like. Was it that soon? Well, no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay, so the Nordiques left in, I want to say, 93. Yeah, I want to say the Nationals became a team in, like... 2002. Are you, is that a fact? No, that's, like, okay. a okay. estimate. 2004, give or take. I'm going to say... I'm going to go tw- 2007. 04. Nice. So, 10 years. Yeah, okay. the difference, yeah. Still, though. And then, yeah. like, the Nats get, like, Max Scherzer and Bryce Harper... Like pretty quick yeah. after, I know, and they just win so many things. The Nationals, nah, right? bro, yeah. That's that's the whole point, right? Is that the fucking Nordiques lose their team, yeah? And then there's like five Hall of Famers that just go and fuck everybody in the. I match. actually think the Avs won their first year as a. As a I'm, I'm like nine, yeah, sure which were like that would yeah. bite. Like imagine the Houston Flames winning a cup the oh, year after oh, they left would not feel great. Would be very salty about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, I guess just like if listeners have anything they want to hear, they got any yeah. questions they want us to answer or uh, arguments they want us to fist fight over. For sure. As always, write in. Uh, you guys have all our stuff. Seeing Red Pod on Twitter. Seeing Red underscore pod on Twitter. Seeing Red Podcast on Instagram. Uh, also, don't be afraid to send us a nice strongly worded email uh, with actual feedback about anything you want to see on the show. What do you think we can do better? Anything like that. We're always trying to clean it up a little bit. So, And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully... This will be the first time you're listening to it on Spotify, which is a big get for us. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Uh, If you're impressed level a million, come say hi to me at the game tomorrow. Yep. Matt Goob (laughs) will be the one double fisting Palm Bays. Hell yeah, buddy. Yep. Uh, And if you got nothing to do, feel free to come over to my apartment. We can play the guitar. (laughs) uh, Maybe burn down a tree. It'll be fucking dope. Okay, great. Thanks, as always, (laughs) for listening to Seeing Red. Uh, I'm your host, Joe Edmonds. Adam for Cody Dickinson for Matt Goob. Thanks. Thanks.